Dear Founder, as you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Founder podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Found Her, the last episode of 2022, the very last original episode of 2022. And, you know, I know over the last couple of weeks, we have re-released some of our favorite episodes. We've rerun some of our favorites. And that's just really so that I could take a break so that I can refresh and recharge and even when you hear this, I have recorded this. Um, I recorded this two weeks prior to this dropping on the podcast platform. And today I'm going to be sharing some of my top lessons from my first year of my 2.0. And, you know, it's really important for me that I open up and share this experience with all of you as you hear from so many founders here each and every week. And I've shared my story here on the podcast, it was episode four. I shared my pot, my story about selling my business, but I haven't really shared a comprehensive update as to what I've been doing over the last year and what my key takeaways are. And really and truly, I hope that you can walk away with some of these lessons and apply them to your own day-to-day, both in life and in business. It's not just, you're going to hear, it's not just business lessons that we're talking about today. It's life lessons too. And it's really important for me to show up and share this story as well. So I want to thank you for being here and thank you for listening. I know you have a lot of choices when it comes to podcasts, and I am honored that you choose to be here and to listen to mine each and every week. And I also want to mention, I am aiming to take one take with this podcast. I want it to be very conversational. I want to do minimal editing. And I want you guys to just hear what it is that I've learned over the last year. And it's a lot. It, it is a lot. And um, there are a lot of takeaways from today's conversation. If you feel inspired by today's episode, I'm asking you to please share it. Please leave a rating or review. You have no idea how much I appreciate it. You have no idea how far those little actions that you take in supporting a small show like mine go a long way to getting us noticed. Every rating, every review, every share drives more listeners to the podcast. And ultimately it shares these stories that we share here each and every week more and more with a growing community. So thank you so much again for being here. Thank you for your support. Thank you for sharing. You have no idea how much I appreciate it. So a year ago, I really wasn't quite sure what 2022 was going to bring. Um, you know, we're talking, you know, November, December, 2021, and obviously 2020 and 2021 in general were kind of total shit shows in society. 
And while we were slowly getting back to normal at the end of 2021, so a year ago, don't forget there was yet another COVID surge. And after the holidays, many of us shut it down once again. And um, I had my best friend's son's bar mitzvah at the end of January in 2022. And come hell or high water, I was going to be there with my oldest friends to celebrate. So last January, we really were pretty reclusive. We saw very few people and um, it was, you know, it was lonely. And it also gave me a lot of time to really get my 2.0 up and running. And in terms of work, in the beginning of this year, you know, we were very much still on Zoom. We weren't really going to coffee houses yet to work again. And admittedly, I go very sparingly now. I, I definitely went more this summer when I could sit outside. Um, but almost everyone I knew was still remote. My husband is still remote now. And, you know, work events had had yet to resume. I know a few people, you know, who had gone to holiday parties a year ago and, um, a lot of them got COVID and a lot of their vacations were impacted. And really and truly after the holidays, I feel like there was kind of this shutdown again of events in, in person and a lot of in-person things were really postponed and pushed back. A year ago now, I had recorded about 20, maybe a bit more conversations for Dear Founder. It was really the, the foundation to get us off the ground on January 6, 2022. That was the date that I selected for myself in October, and I planned to stick to it to launch this podcast. Only a few months prior to this time, I had exited the company that I founded and then sold. I want to kind of take us back a little bit before I get into the podcast and before I get into the services that I offered that, that yielded these lessons, which I'm going to share I want to just kind of take it back for a few minutes and share a couple of things to get anyone up to speed who maybe doesn't know my story. And also I'm going to share a couple of things that you've probably never heard me say before, but um, a few months prior to a year ago now. So in September, August, September, 2021, I exited the company that I founded and then sold. And the relief I felt on July 23rd, which was my last day as an employee. So I was an employee until July 23rd. And then I'll share in a minute kind of what happened after. But um, the relief I felt when I closed that company laptop for the last time was insurmountable. I had a physical reaction. Um, I was handing over the password, the last password that I had on a phone call with my colleague. And I closed my Mac. And the, this is the Mac that my company owned. And I blacked out. I, I legit blacked out. I, I remember calling to Daniel. He was in the other room. I hung up the phone. I said, I got to call you back. And I, the relief that kind of washed over me caused me to black out. The relief was an understatement. I have no regrets, zero, about selling my company and about leaving my company. I do believe that the whole process of founding and scaling and growing and then selling a company set me up for where I am today. And without that experience, I wouldn't be here. I also have no regrets because we were an events first company when COVID hit. And I'm going to talk about that in a second, but um, we would have gone out of business. So, you know, I founded a company, a community for parents and parents to be during a time when there was no social media. 
through grassroots marketing and strategic partnerships, I grew that community into the company that it later became, reaching 3 million people per month across all platforms and generating seven figures in revenue year over year for the last five to six years that I owned it. I never took an outside investment. We bootstrapped our way to the acquisition that I led. And along the way, we were sought out and we created programs for brands such as Target and Nordstrom, The Honest Company, Huggies, Ulta, hundreds more, every single baby brand you could ever imagine, Britax, Bugaboo, Up a Baby, Ergo Baby, all of them. Eventually, the entity who bought my business did so because of our longstanding relationship with Target. They were an agency that was doing business with Target in the beauty space. They wanted to get into the baby space. And because of our relationship with them, they couldn't do that. And so that was why they reached out to purchase us. 15 months after our acquisition, we were set to launch our first large-scale initiative. It was a 300-door in-store event at Target, and COVID hit. It was really interesting. I remember everyone was kind of starting to panic, like, what is this thing? There's this thing called COVID. It was late February. It wasn't even March yet at this time, and Target closed the doors to having any outside vendors come in to do any events. And we were slated to do a webinar from inside their store on, I think it was like on March 1st or March 8th of 2020. And um, they said, this isn't going to happen. And I refused to lose the revenue for this program. I, I ref it, this, this program was going to generate a seven figure amount of revenue. And I proposed a virtual activation, one that ended up turning the company around, saving the revenue. And throughout COVID, it increased our profit margin through a series of online events and content because it was very successful. We ran the event with Target. It was so successful. They signed on through the end of 2020 and then they re-signed a contract for 2021. And then they also re-signed a contract for 2022 and they're still working with Bump Club. So this was a huge pivot that we made. And the success of the program with Target ended up driving us to put all of our events online and our content online and really becoming a content first machine. You know, all of this content, um, you know, was out there and it was free, but it was, ended up being sponsored and it ended up really increasing the profit margin of Bump Club because as an events forward company, events are really expensive. And all of a sudden we have this very profit margin rich program, you know, programming vehicle um, that allowed brands to still reach their target consumer, which was parents and parents to be, and we had them. So a lot of this content also came in the form of interviewing famous moms. And it was during that time um, that I kind of had the first inkling that maybe I wanted to start a podcast. And in early 2021, I realized that the company just wasn't mine anymore. I was being told what to post and what not to post on social media. I was being restricted from addressing social issues that were important to our community and to me. And in the end, as the face of the brand, I knew I had to make a change. I wasn't comfortable being the face of a brand that I was no longer in control of. And it really took a couple of key moments that made me realize that I was no longer in control and I was still the face of the brand. So when people thought of Bump Club, they thought of me and that made me uncomfortable. I was really nervous. I mean, I was nervous as all hell. I, you know, I, I kind of came to the, the conclusion in the beginning of 2021 that I did want to leave, but what was I going to do? 
And who is going to hire me? And was anyone going to hire me? But, you know, I asked myself that question that I bring up here time and time again. And so many of the people I interviewed throughout this year have brought up as well. And I asked myself in that moment, what's the worst that would happen? It's the same question I asked myself when I left corporate America to start Bum Club. I said, what's the worst that would happen? And in that moment, the worst that would happen would be that no one would hire me. Okay, so what would I do? I'd go get a job. And I knew that that was a possibility. But I knew that I couldn't move forward the way I was going at that time. And I knew that I had to make a change. Change was imminent. And I knew I had to move forward with this decision, that this was the best decision for me and for my family. It wasn't easy. There was a lot of back and forth about my departure and about the terms. But in the end, I left on my own terms and I agreed to a consulting arrangement for eight weeks after my last day, which provided me with an eight-week part-time contract gig and a cushion of payment while I figured things out. So, you know, we have a lot of conversations here about when to cut the cord and when to move forward. And I, I made an arrangement for myself that I was still getting paid and I was still doing work but I wasn't working full time. And that was the arrangement that I worked out. And that was on purpose. That was on purpose because I needed a minute to figure things out. And let's be honest, I still haven't figured things out completely. And we're going to get into that in a minute. But immediately after I closed that computer on the last day, which was my last day as an employee was July 23rd, I took a beat. I dropped my kids at summer camp. My husband and I went to Aspen and Vale for a week. We just hung out. We ate and drank a lot. And we crossed things off our bucket list, like hiking the maroon bells. It was something I had always wanted to do. And so we went to Colorado and we did it. And when I came back, I began my consulting arrangement and my contract arrangement with Bump Club. And I also used the additional time that I now had because I was only working like 10, 15 hours a week. I used the additional time that I had and I did exactly what I tell everyone here to do when they start something new or when they make a change. I sent an email. I sent an email to everyone I knew telling them that I had left Bump Club and I was going to start taking consulting clients. And while I mainly would focus on marketing, I also could consult on any aspect of building a community and growing a small business. Well, guess what happened? Within a couple of weeks, maybe even less, I had my first big client and within a couple of more, I had three. For the first time in a dozen years, I wasn't working with baby brands. I was working with a CPG, a startup, and a woman who wanted to launch her own personal brand and Bump Club. Bump Club was my client at this time. But soon after that gig ended and I ended up landing a service-based business, a couple of nonprofits, an apparel company, and a few more personal brand and service-based clients. I had a full roster. And then late in 2021, I decided that I wanted to launch this podcast. I took a class through Kathy Heller. She's really awesome. She has an incredible podcast called The Kathy Heller Show. And what I loved about this class is that I had to show up in person. It was in my calendar. And yes, I could watch the recording, but it really wasn't the same as showing up every single week in person. And I did. And every week, Kathy gave us homework that would essentially move our journey to launching a podcast forward. I started interviewing guests. I started putting the podcast and what I was building out into the world on social media. I started building an email list. 
I marketed Dear Found Her eight weeks before my launch date so that when I launched, I had listeners. The podcast launched on January 6, 2021. I dropped four episodes and the response was so wonderful that instead of dropping one a week, I ended up dropping two and I ended up dropping 105 episodes this year. The podcast has become one, my most favorite thing that I've ever done. It's connected me to so many incredible people that I never would have met otherwise. But two, it's become the greatest marketing tool for my business. And I started getting clients right here. At first, some of the guests that were on started hiring me to help them build their communities. And they helped, they hired me for various projects and in, in that related to the marketing of their company tied to their community. And then something happened that I wasn't really expecting. And this just goes to show that you have to listen to your community. You have to listen to what people are telling you. I tested a class concept. I, I taught a free class last February. It was called Social Media for Small Business. And from that class, I launched a six-week paid workshop called Small Business Marketing Bootcamp. 80% of the attendees of the free class bought the paid class. It was a pretty low out-of-pocket. I want to say it was a few hundred dollars. And then in Q2, I did it again. But this time I changed the paid class based on a lot of feedback that you had given me on social media. People wanted some one-on-one -on -one time with me. They wanted more than six weeks. So we upped the price and we upped the package. And what happened was something that I never would have expected. I had multiple people that came to me asking if they could hire me for one-on-one, one-on-one -on -one coaching so that I could help them to create a marketing strategy and build a community for their own brand. I launched my coaching practice and immediately filled the five spots that I allotted for the first three months. You see, you asked me for this and the community asked me for this. And instead of moving forward with the class, which had honestly, it, it, it really only had, it had minimal, um, there were minimal people that really sh were showing interest in the full class. People won pieces of the class. People really just wanted the one-on-one -on -one time. That was where people were most interested. So I pivoted and I gave you what you wanted and it paid off. And that's not to say that I won't be coming back to a class because I am going to offer a new class in the beginning of the year, but it was a learning lesson and it, it definitely paid off because now I have a ton of coaching clients. And so now I offer consulting services for enterprise brands. I coach female founders on launching and marketing their business and I started to public speak and I'm teaching workshops. And right now I'm actually teaching a private workshop for a group of women that I gave a keynote speech to in October. What ended up happening was I gave this keynote speech and the founder of the company told me that I could offer a workshop to the franchisees. It was a franchise-based company. And I ended up having a dozen women sign up to take this workshop. So I've shared about it a little bit on social media and a lot of you have asked, but I'm going to be teaching this class publicly in Q1 of 2023. And I'll share more details at the end of this podcast. But for me, 2022 was really about testing the waters. You heard me just now talk about a few different things that I've been doing and working on, but it really was about figuring out what I want to do, how I want to spend my time and where I really want to focus my efforts in 2023. And I'm going to be fully transparent and that I don't have it 100% figured out. I don't think anyone does. 
you know, and I think we're always going to be changing, right? Like you're always going to be making changes based on your life, based on the climate around you, based on the environment, based on your community. And while I don't have it hundred percent figured out, I definitely feel that I am on the right track. And through all of these experiences this year, these experiences this year, I, I really learned. And I also relearned some very important lessons that I will a thousand percent carry into 2023. And when you hear me talk about these lessons, these lessons are both personal and business related, and they're in no particular order. I do want to say that the personal lessons have helped me to shape my day-to-day when it comes to my business. I left my company because I was unhappy and it was impacting my family, mainly my girls. And I never want them to feel like they have to suffer through something if they're unhappy doing so. Now, following through on a commitment is one thing. Suffering is another. When I left Bump Club, I had fulfilled my obligations. And really, it was figuring out for myself when it was time to move on. And I share that because as many of you who are parents know, There are often seasons when you might have a child who signs up for something and they don't like it and they want to quit. We don't allow that in our house. We fulfill our obligation. If you sign up for a team, you have to fulfill the obligation on the team. And if you don't want to play next season, that's okay. But if you make the decision, you got to stick with it. And so I share that um, as an important aside, I guess, to this conversation, but also, you know, just an important lesson that I want to instill in my kids. And it's really important to me that they don't feel they have to do anything that they don't want to do later in life, especially when it comes to their careers. So as I go through these lessons, I think it's important to note that they aren't all business related, but in the end, they all relate to my business and ultimately the way I live my life. So lesson number one, The first thing I learned is that I don't want to be working all the time, and I don't. Working smart is far greater than working hard. And it's not to say I don't work hard. I do. I work very hard. But I set aside time to pick up my kids, to drop off my kids, to go to my kids' concerts, activities. I volunteer at school. I also volunteer in my community. I have decided to, um, I volunteer at the local high school here. There's an entrepreneurship class and I'm a mentor in that class. I'm also a volunteer on the, um, the softball organization that my child is a travel softball player on. I volunteer for that organization. So there are things that I do that aren't just work related, but I don't want to be working 24 seven. I keep very weird hours because I get a lot done at night but I still go out with my friends. I still make time for myself and I just work my schedule around it. I do think that I did this when I owned Bump Club, especially kind of towards the end. Even though I was bootstrapping this company, I did make more time for myself. And it was when I went back to corporate America that I felt like I had relinquished all control of my life. I wasn't controlling my calendar anymore. People were putting meetings on it that I had no idea what they were for. And I was working all the time. When the pandemic hit, there was no start and stop. I felt like after dinner, I had to be back at my desk. And most nights I did because I was leading webinars. I was leading seminars. And I realized 
that, you know, even before I left bump club that I didn't want to be working all the time, but it was up to me to put those boundaries and parameters in place in my own calendar. And it's funny because Dr. Becky Kennedy was on the show earlier this year and she very clearly said this. And this is something that I have instituted into my everyday protect your calendar. If I have something on my calendar, like a lunch with a friend or a workout or drinks or a softball game, because I play softball in the summer, those things are things that I do. And I, I look at them like meetings. They're non-negotiables. Protect your calendar so that you are not always working. Number two, if you hire someone for a job, let them do it their way. You hire them for a reason, they're the expert, you're not, or you would be doing it yourself. I have seen a lot of this throughout the year, just being a consultant and mostly mostly on the consultant side, not on the coaching side. And it's important that when you hire someone, you are hiring them to do something that you can't do or that you are inexperienced in, or that you know that they will save you time in doing. Now, I hired someone to take on Pinterest for me because I didn't want to do it. I've barely touched it. I let her run with it. And that's, that's kind of it, you know? And so when you hire someone, make sure it's a good hire. Of course, you want to get them up and running. Of course, you want to make sure that they speak your language. And if they're representing your brand, of course, you probably need to train them, but let them do their job. And if they have a suggestion for something that could advance your business forward, I would try to take it. You should absolutely try to take that suggestion because that's why you hired them. Number three, if something isn't working, make a change. So I want to share a couple of examples of this, but it is not, I, I want to say you, you haven't failed if you make a change. You haven't failed if something doesn't work. Not everything's going to work. And some things are really just trial and error. So two things that, two places rather where I made pivots this year. One was that class, that class that I reworked. Yes, it was based on feedback, but I wasn't getting the traction that I really wanted to get on it. And instead I had a lot of inquiries for one-on-one coaching. Well, I wasn't going to move forward with the class and, you know, have a class for two people that was not going to be worth my time for the money that I was getting in return. It was like two or three people I think that wanted to do it. But instead I got five coaching clients and one of those people became a coaching client and it was worth their worth their while and worth mine. I made that change. Now, another area where I made a change, I just mentioned that I hired a virtual assistant to do my Pinterest advertising. I thought that this would maybe be a good avenue for downloads on the podcast. I thought maybe it would be a good avenue for coaching clients. And I think we're about four or five months in and I just pulled the plug this week. I was not seeing the traction from Pinterest that I wanted to. I definitely see more traction from LinkedIn and from Instagram. And I didn't feel it was worth my time or my money to be putting money into Pinterest and continuing to try to see if it was going to drive results. I had given it a few months, more than a few months, and it, the results were non-existent. 
it just isn't the platform for what I'm doing. And I gave it a try at a minimal cost. And now we're moving forward with something else. Number four, I really love being present for my kids. This is something that I realized. I mean, I knew, but I, I, the last two and a half years when I was at Bump Club, I wasn't present for my kids. I was literally chained to my desk. And even though a lot of that time was, you know, during the lockdown of the pandemic and during COVID and my kids were in the next room, I felt like I really wasn't there for them. And when I was physically there, my mind wasn't, but I love being present for them. And I love being at pickup. I love being at after school activities. Um, you know, I love being in places where I couldn't be when I worked corporately. Now I joke on social media about the pickup line all the time. I have help. I, I normally do have help. And what that allows me to do is that allows me to divide and conquer. So I'll pick up one kid, she'll pick up the other. So it's a little bit more efficient so that I can get back to work. Um, it allows me to have one-on-one -on -one time with my kids. So, you know, we'll switch off who picks up who. And ultimately it allows me to be present for my kids when I'm done at the end of the day. So that there's nothing hanging over me. I have help and she, you know, helps me to pick up, drop off, do the lunches, drive the carpools. And when I can, I jump in and I pinch hit. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's important for me to be there. And I will say that I have found that being in the car with my kids is the best time to get things out of them and to talk to them. And for the two and a half years prior, and even a little bit before that, when I, I did have full-time help all the time and I was working so much, I didn't do pick up and drop off. And that, you know, now this is one of those things that's, that I protect on my calendar. This is a priority of mine and um, part of why I work for myself. And so it's important that I stick to it. So, you know, I think the lesson and the takeaway from that is even if you're not a mom, be present for something. And if there's something that's a non-negotiable, whether it's your workout, whether it's your therapy, whether it's, you know, um, a coach that you talk to, whether it's lunch with a friend every week, you know, be present, be present when you are doing those things. Number five, I am really lucky that I have a partner, my husband, who not only helps, but who wants to, and I know not everyone does. And um, I always say that I could not have built Bump Club without my husband, and I could not have built what I'm building now without my husband. You know, he wants to be with the kids when he can. And granted, he has a pretty big job as well. And he works a lot and he works with people on the West Coast. But at the end of the day, if I say to him at 8 p.m., I need you to pick up one of our daughters, his volleyball till 8 p.m., he will drop everything and go do it. Um, you know, he will do help me with bedtime. He He helps and he does every single morning. My husband wakes up with my kids and gives them breakfast because usually I work late and I sleep in an extra half hour. So he wakes up, he gives them breakfast, he gets them, you know, gets them to get dressed and get ready. And then I wake up and I help with their hair and then I take them to school. So I just, it is really important and, and to note this and to say this out loud, but I am incredibly, incredibly lucky. Number six, 
when your kids get older, they need you differently. They need you way more emotionally than physically. And this is something too, that as I now have a daughter who's in middle school and I have another daughter who's nine, that this has really come to the surface this year. And that leads me also back to the whole notion of, I need to protect my calendar and I need to be present for my kids because I always thought when I was a bump club and I started traveling, my kids were babies. Like my first daughter was a baby when I started traveling and I was like, she'll never remember this. And she doesn't. And I just figured it would get easier as they got older, but as they got older and they became more aware, they wanted me there more. And coming off of the pandemic and COVID and all the time together, my little one really wants me here. And they need us to talk to them. They need us to share the excitement from their day. They want us to um, celebrate with them, you know? And so it's so important that we are here for them emotionally and owning my calendar and owning the flexibility of my day really allows me to do that. Number seven, take time and read a book. You won't ever regret it. And when I say read a book, I mean, read a book for pleasure. Okay. I get on podcasts all the time and you know, people say to me, oh, I've read this book for business and there's nothing wrong with that. But when you read a book for pleasure, you are taking a mental vacation. You are being transported to another time, another place. You're being introduced to characters. You're taking a break. Books are magic. And it, that was something I didn't read for. It's so embarrassing to say this, but I didn't read for about 10 years. And I didn't read because every chance I got, I was working and I would work on my business. And if not, maybe I would watch a show, but I, I never really read. And this year, my younger daughter has to read 20 minutes every single night. And we've gotten to the point where she asks me, mom, let's go upstairs and read. We get in bed, put down devices. She reads and I read. And I've read some really great books this year. And I'm going to share some of them on social media, but um, I've read some really great books this year and I found some amazing authors this year and that is time well spent. Now there is a time and a place for books related to business for sure. But if I'm going to read, like really read, I want to read for pleasure. And I have really started carving out time to do that. And I feel like it makes me a more well, a more well-rounded person. Number eight, if you want to accomplish something put it out into the world and keep putting it out there until something comes of it. There are a lot of examples that I could share with you about this from this year, a lot, but two of them are big ones. And I, I'm sure a lot of you have heard me talk about this, but um, I am going to share it again. And I had a bucket list for Dear Founder. I made that bucket list, I think in like September or October of 2021. And at the top of that bucket list were two women that I wanted to interview and have on this podcast. And when this episode drops and when season two kicks off, this episode is going to fall sandwiched in between episodes from both of those women. 
I interviewed Bobby Brown. She'll be kicking us off with season two. And I interviewed Jen Sherman from Peloton. And both of those women played incredible roles in my decision to leave Bump Club and my notion to just fucking do it, as Jen Sherman says. And she barked at me on the bike for two years during the pandemic until I finally did it. And Bobby Brown, I listened to her episode of how I built this the day after I left Bump Club and Beyond. And it was kind of like a kismet moment. I was in the car driving my kids to overnight camp and I hit play and I felt more seen than I'd ever seen that I had ever felt before as a female founder, especially a female founder who had sold, sold my business. Now I want to point out that neither of these interviews came from a connection, Jen loosely, but these interviews came about because I put it out into the world. Jen Sherman, I, there were times that she would message me back. I did ask her a couple times in DMs before we had this, before we solidified her interview and nothing came of it. I realized that someone who I used to work with was now working with Jen and I reached out and I asked her, I asked her if Jen would be on Dear Found Her and I knew that everyone would benefit from it. And she asked Jen and Jen said, yes, Jen said, yes. I mean, like literally I asked and Jen said, yes. And Jen had her connect me to Peloton because this person had nothing to do with the interview processes or anything. And it was seamless. And now you know, I am cultivating a relationship with Jen. I went to New York. She invited me into the studio. I wrote, I wrote at the Peloton studio this year. That was one of the most amazing things that came from this year. And she's been an incredible support of me. And it's, it's been amazing. And then Bobby Brown, Bobby's from the North shore of Chicago, where I live. And if you ask anyone, anyone has every, anyone and everyone have connections to her family. And I never, I, I didn't really ask anyone. There were, there were a couple people who said, yeah, maybe I can reach out to her. I have her email, blah, blah, blah. I ended up putting up a post on Instagram. Someone asked me, who do you want to have on your podcast? And I put up a post about having Bobby Brown and what it would mean to me. And she shared that post and said, just DM me. And so I did. And we set up an interview. Literally, I put it out into the world and it happened. It didn't happen overnight, but it happened. So if there is something that you want to accomplish, if, if there is someone you want to work with, if there is a partner that is you feel is so far-fetched and so out of your realm, put it out into the world because you never know. You never know. And in my wildest dreams, I did not think that on December 14th, 2022, at the very end of my first year of Dear Founder, I would be interviewing Bobby Brown. And I did. And I'm so excited for you to hear the episode on January 10th. So number nine, being a solopreneur can be lonely. This is a lesson that I learned and I'm going to tell you what I'm doing about it. So obviously when I started Bump Club and Beyond, I was on my own, but it was within six months that I made my first hire. And within the first year and a half, two years, I had three, three more people working for me. By the time I sold the company, I had a team of 10 and I was never alone. And these women were not just coworkers. They were not just colleagues. They were my family. They were my work family. They were my friends. They still are. 
I could never have accomplished what I accomplished without them. And I knew that I could pick up the phone any single, any day and call them and vent to them and talk to them. And granted, there were things that when it came to business, I couldn't share, you know, like when I was selling my company and it was a, a secret until it wasn't, but these women were my confidants. And even when we were home on zoom, I wasn't lonely. But now I'm back to being a solopreneur and I'm back to building a business on my own. And while I do think that one day I will have a team again, right now it's just me with a couple of freelancers helping me with the podcast and helping me with some other, um, you know, virtual assistant work. And it can be really lonely. Um, I don't go to an office anymore because I got rid of my office during COVID. And so I'm at home. And if I'm not at home, I have to go to a coffee shop, you know, which I do. But what I try to do is I try to make at least one or two lunches or coffees a week with people who I want to connect with, who I want to network with, you know, friends of mine from work, um, sort of business networking, you know, and of course I see my personal friends as well, but I'm talking more on the business, on the business side of things. And I really have created this community of founders through the podcast that I know I could call for anything. And I have a good handful of them that I know if I send an email and say, hey, can we hop on a Zoom? I need to noodle out this problem with you. They will say yes. So that is how I'm trying to really build my network so that I don't feel lonely. And so I do feel supported and I do. I just don't think I was expecting it to be as lonely as it was when I first went back to being a solopreneur. And then number 10 is probably the most said lesson on Dear Founder, but I have to say it because I believe it. And my whole year is really summed up into these four words and it's just go for it. Just go for it. If there is something you want to do in your business, or if there is a new business that you want to launch, put it out into the world and go for it. Doesn't have to be perfect. Messy perfection is fine. But if you don't put it out into the universe and get feedback, you're never going to know if you should take it a step further. You're never going to know if you should actually move forward with it. You're going to always wonder. The best businesses here on Dear Found Her are the ones that just went for it. And they put it out into the universe and they built it as they went along. And I will tell you, most founders don't have a game plan. Most founders don't know what the fuck they're doing. And most founders fly by the seat of their pants. I know a lot of you can really, that resonates with a lot of you. And I know that, but I want to say it because it's important that everyone here hears it and that you know that you are not alone. I hope that you found today's episode helpful, especially as you think about 2023 and your own business and your own purpose in life. And like I said, the lessons that I shared were not just business lessons, but they were they are lessons that helped me to shape my business and my life. 
I dropped today's episode for a reason, and I dropped it today for a reason. As we move into 2023, I'm going to have a theme for every single month. I want to be more purposeful about the content that I put out on podcast on the podcast. So every week I'll be sharing an interview with an amazing guest on Tuesdays. And then on Thursdays, I'll be sharing a shorter episode, which I think I'm going to call found her files. And I'll focus on and teach a lesson as it pertains to growing your business. Every single month, we're going to have a theme. So sometimes, you know, and sometimes through the found her files, I might bring on a guest. Sometimes I might share it solo. This is a new concept and I want to see how it goes. A lot of you have asked me for more lessons and more actionable takeaways. So my plan is to deliver on that, but I very much, you know, want to have this theme every single month and I want to deliver the content as it relates to the theme. And the theme in January is going to be starting your 2.0. And it's going to kick off with Bobby Brown talking about her 2.0 Jones Road Beauty. And in the meantime, I am also going, going to be kicking off 2023 by hosting my workshop that I talked about live for public consumption. I've been teaching this class for the last two months to a group of a dozen female founders in a private setting, meaning this workshop came from a keynote I did for their parent company. They're all franchisees and I customized my class for them. But many of you guys have asked if you could take it too. And so starting at the end of January, you can. The class is going to be called Take On 2023. And together I will guide you through my signature suite method of building and monetizing your community. We'll create and execute an action plan that starts with your overall content strategy, your social media strategy, your email marketing events, partnerships, and grassroots strategies, and how to tie them all together. We'll also have sessions on creating a plan to repurpose your content for efficiency and engaging effectively to grow your community. So the pre-sale for this workshop is live. The link is in the show notes and everyone who signs up before January 3rd is also going to get a very big bonus an additional workshop for free. That workshop is called Building Your Community Through Publicity. And it's a special workshop I'll be conducting with my friend, PR expert and spokesperson, Nicole Kaplan, later in January. All about how to pitch yourself to the press, best practices for publicity, how to get earned press and publicity, and also different levels of publicity. And we're going to provide you with templates for reaching out, and strategies for reaching out so that you can reach out and start getting people talking about you and your business. If you have any questions on any of this, please do not hesitate to reach out here or on social media. And then last but not least, another big takeaway from this year is that you've told me that you want to meet each other and my guests in person. And in July, I accidentally held an event here in Chicago. I always said I'm not going to do events again, but here we are. It was my first work event post-COVID and it was a total blast. And I didn't realize how much I missed live events until I held this event in July. We had almost 100 female founders come out for this event. We had a complete panel of guests that have been on Dear Founder. We had cocktails from Inspiro Tequila. Um, we did it at Town & Oak, which is a great female-founded business here in the North Shore of Chicago. And when I shared the pictures from this event, so many of you asked me to bring this event to your town. So guess what? I am. And you can consider this me putting this out into the world. Now, the details are currently being worked out. It's something I'm working on right now. But you can expect to see Dear Found Her live in the flesh at some point very, very soon. So as I sign off for 2022, 
I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here each and every week, for engaging with me, for listening, for sharing, for rating us on the podcast platforms, and for all of your support. I couldn't do any of this without this incredible community. And for that, I am eternally grateful. I want to wish you and your family and your loved ones a very happy holiday season and a very happy and healthy new year. We will be back on January 10th. I am so excited to kick things off once again. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. We'll be back in the new year with brand new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday.